Welcome to the Almost Famous podcast, the show where we get the opportunity to talk to professionals at the top of their field in the music industry, discussing their journeys and experiences. What makes a great booking agent? Someone with a great taste in music? Sure. Someone with the passion and drive to get things done? Definitely. How about someone who goes jogging and finds a group of artists busking, buys one of their CDs and kickstarts their career, which ultimately leads to them becoming Mercury Prize nominees? Yep, I'd say that's definitely something you want in a booking agent. And we're lucky enough to have her on the episode today. Managing Director of Earth Agency and fellow Northerner, here's my episode with Naomi Palmer. You're listening to Almost Famous, a music industry podcast championing independence powered by The Famous Company. Whether you're an artist or music industry professional, ensure you don't miss a beat by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Today, I am very pleased to welcome Naomi Palmer, Managing Director of Earth Agency, the booking agent that represents the coolest artists such as Shy One, 24-Hour Garage Girl, chaos in the cbd and children of zeus to add to this she has extensive experience in the music industry which i'm hoping she's going to tell us all about today some of this includes working closely with the unique giles peterson for 10 years when brownswood recording was born and working with moody man for 10 years cementing herself in the world of promoting she's helped raise the profile of many incredible artists naomi welcome to the show how are you today Thank you. I'm good, thanks. I've just about got my voice back after what was most likely a bout of COVID, but I never tested positive, but I had every single symptom going. It's it's a crazy one at the moment. And to be yeah. honest with you, I think I think everyone's being hit left, right and centre. So if you listen to this right now and you've got COVID, hopefully me and Naomi can cheer you up. Because uh, <laughs> my first question is, what would be on your gig rider? If you're backstage and you're thinking, you know what, I'm about to play a show, you yourself, what would you want to throw on there? Ooh. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> this tells us this tells us a lot about a person before we jump into the 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 meat of everything. Yeah. Well, mine would be quite a boring rider, I think. <laughs> like, Hit me with it. Yeah, I don't know, some sort of specialist tea, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a library of ca- a library of caffeine-free teas. Oh, yeah, I love it. I love it. To be fair, mine's a bit boring. I just, I just would want hummus and bread. Yeah, quite a lot of. There's quite a few uh, riders have um, hummus and bread. Recently, I was backstage at a very big and uh, commercial festival in an artist's um, dressing room and the show rep offered them a platter of hummus and um, yeah but they turned up with just like a pot of hummus and a bag of chips and just chucked them through the door and I was like I was like hardly a platter but okay (laughs) Sainsbury's finest actually M&S so pretty high end yeah, we, we can't complain about the M&S, yeah, exactly. but can you tell me a little bit about how you entered the music scene then? What's the story behind this? Yeah, I came in in a, in a kind of strange way. 
I, I did a master's in literary adaptation, <laughs> as you do, and because uh, I thought I was going to work in film for my career. And um, I, uh, from a roundabout way, ended up working at a really big um, actors agency. Well, not just actors, literary and um, film and actors agency, which is the first sort of artist representation job that I did. And um, I learned there how to do voiceovers and commercials and um, public speaking. Um, and then oh, I wow. went off to Australia and worked at a little, uh, an agency there and um, learned film and TV and theatre deals. And I came back and worked at another uh, boutique agency and... Um, yeah, after, it was after that I decided to move into music um, and I didn't really at the time appreciate the difference between a, an actor's agent and a music agent. A, an actor's agent tends to look after most aspects of the actor's career, um, which is more similar to a music manager, um, a music booking agent, just books live shows. Right. And when you say um, an actor's agent is uh, is looking after their career, are we talking about getting them the scripts to making sure that they're paid the right amount? What would be the major difference then in terms of a booking agent? Because I, I understand, of course, a lot rides on live music. So what would be like your your day to day? Um, so, you know, you're building a roster of artists that you represent, um, generally globally, usually EU agents tend not to work in the North American market. It does happen, but that is a completely different market. And normally artists will have a, a specific North American booking agent. Um, so we will build a roster, we'll have a roster of acts that we represent for the UK, the EU, and most often the rest of the world. Um, so yeah, there are two, there are two strands to it. It's, you know, always being on the lookout for new talent that you want to work with and add to your roster whilst, you know, representing the roster you've got in terms of strategizing how best to grow their profile in the live space. Yeah, of course. I'd like to know how yours and um, Giles Peterson paths cross. Uh, uh, and if you can, uh, if you can go into detail about that. Yeah. Um, uh, so I worked at an agency called Elastic Artists from its inception and Giles was already a client there. Um, and we just ended up working together because I, I think just probably my background really suited, suited him at the time. He didn't have any team. So the fact that my, I was used to representing artists for every aspect of their career. Um, and also for a long period of time, um, with all the ups and downs and twists and turns and, um, we just um you know it just worked it was just one of those things that worked mm. and um yeah it was brilliant working with Giles he is an amazing character and one thing that I really 
found incredible and still do actually is that he never never ever loses his enthusiasm for discovering new music never ever there is not one day when he's like oh a bit jaded with this never ever he is like you know a childlike you know fascination with oh yeah um amazing energy for it you um you mentioned the word team just before that uh, you said that you didn't have much of a team behind him. Can you kind of emphasize the importance of having a team, especially in the industry now? Um, in the industry now, it, it is more important than ever to set yourself up with a professional team, you know, and to respect that team and allow the team to do the work um, because, you know, it's an ever-changing industry and you know you need a team to help you keep up with all the you know and meet all the challenges that are presented um there are always new ways to be expansive there there is always space to learn more about you know how things are developing so um it it can be frustrating for artists to hear that you need to put these team members in place. And that's not to say that there have not been artists with phenomenal careers who have had a real DIY approach, and there still are. Um, but it, it definitely is a good place to be when you have it when you have a good team um, that you're working with. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm assuming it took a lot of teamwork to get we out here festival put together uh brown was recording created that festival um compared to many other festivals the lineup feels it's a curated in more of an authentic way um i know you have a strong connection with the festival uh i know you have a strong connection with brownwood can you um tell me a little bit more about working uh on with both um i mean brownswood it was just uh, so excited, you know, it was just so exciting when, when Giles, um, you know, decided to have this label and um, they, you know, the, the music that he has pushed through, you know, it, he, he is a true tastemaker. And um, I, you know, I haven't had much involvement with We Out Here other than to book my artists to the festival. Um, but I was more involved with Worldwide Festival Set, um, which is now, I think, about 15 years old. Um, it is still one of my favourite places in the world. And it was just amazing to see it from the first edition, which was like a few hundred people in a little venue by the sea, grow in... And actually, it grew too big at one point and became a little bit too commercial both for the area and for the feel of the festival you know it is a boutique festival um but yeah I mean that is a magical festival artists love it you know audience love it, it, it it's just um it's a special place and um yeah you know it I, I think like Giles is in a great position because um he can program pretty much anything and people will go because, you know, they trust that he is uh, 
a good person to go to for discovering new music. Yeah, definitely. You said it's a, it's one of your most favorite places to 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 go. Could you say that that's probably the the work you're most proud of, or can I pick maybe something else out of the plethora of work that you've done in your career? I mean, yeah, that was it. Was always really nice to be involved in that, and you know, all, all of the there were several projects that I did with Giles that were just really you know, it felt like we were pushing boundaries. He did an amazing series at Ronnie Scott's where he did a week of collaborations that you wouldn't ordinarily get to see, you know, and people will agree to do those things because it's Giles. (laughs) So, um, yeah, no, there are loads of of really amazing um, projects that I got to be involved with via Giles. That's amazing. We we spoke a little bit more then about being a, a booking agent. I want to dive a little bit deeper into that. So you're the managing director of Earth Agency. Can we can we maybe go into what a booking agent does that an artist or say a group of artists could could probably not do themselves? Yeah. So you can you can make a start. You know, artists do make a start on their own it is possible um it ta- it just takes a lot of um determination and just being very savvy and also being um involved like organically in the scene that you're part of because if you're involved in the scene you're going to start to know the people who are help push, helping to push that forward so you're going to you're going to know the other artists that are part of the scene you're going to know promoters that are working in that scene you know venue owners eventually agents managers um so you know i i, I would definitely never say that without getting you know manager agent on board you're not able to make a start because you are um the expertise that an agent can bring to the table um, are basically the knowledge of venue networks, promoter networks, festival networks all around the world. And also, you know, knowledge of the logistics that it takes to get an artist or, you know, artists around the world. And and also knowledge of uh, the financial side of it too. Yeah. When you're picking an artist then, at what stage in their career would you say an artist should start looking for a booking agent? And if I can just add on to that with a second question as well, what what do you look for before you agree to work with them? Um, that really varies from one agent to another. Um, like in the past, I've taken on artists who really don't have that much happening yet other than they've made some great music. One really good story is how I met Portico Quartet. Um I was I, I was I used to run on the South Bank and I heard this really unusual sound. <laughs> and um I saw these four guys who were playing in that little uh, sort of concrete circle in front of the National Theatre. Um, and I stopped to listen to them because they were so good and I'd never heard hang drums before. I didn't know what they were and I was kind of fascinated and I ended up staying for the whole performance 
And then I got a CD from them and I gave it to Giles, who played it on the radio. And uh, they ended up signing to Babel Vortex and that and from there you know they got management they got mercury nominated um the rest is history they've had they've had a great career they continue to have a great career um and that you know in those days I was like you know really idealistic (laughs) and was just like if the music's good that's all you need but actually you need a lot (laughs) especially now you know it's a super saturated market Um, so, you know, I would say agents look for some indicator that there is some traction already. The indicator might be that they've got a good manager on board. They've got a great label on board. They've got, you know, they're starting to build a team, um, depending on what genre it is. Maybe they've got crazy stats, you know, either streaming stats or social media stats, Um, you know, the importance of these measures can vary from one genre to the next. Yeah, you, um, of course, I'd, I'd like to give any information to the, the next Naomi Palmer, listen to this right now. So I'd, and of course you don't have to give me exact figures. That's absolutely fine. But when you're booking a tour day or a festival slot for an artist I'd like to know what you consider first and then I'd like to know financially how are you making money from said festival slot or or, or tour date so I mean the whole premise of booking shows you know the supply and demand is you know how many tickets is this artist likely to sell you know, so you're when you're starting to grow an artist from ground zero, you're not going to just go and book them into a massive 1000 capacity venue and then let them sell 75 tickets and the whole thing's a flop. You know, it's about building <laughs> realistically and also creating, a, you know, groundswell in terms of audience numbers. Um, this is why you'll see artists who you may or may not have heard of doing support slots for bigger artists because that's a way of putting them in front of a bigger audience and winning new fans. Um, now, was so, that your you know, decision, by the way, or is that the label's decision? Who is the support act? Yeah, yeah, for, um, for, for so the artist. It, so the support act, can, it depends how involved the artist likes to be. Like some artists like to choose their own support act. Right. Other artists will leave it either to their management team or to their agent. Or the label, the label can get involved as well if they, you know, the label might ask, can we have another of the artists from our label on this, mm. on this bill? So, you know, support slots is a great way of um, raising profile as well. Um, when it comes to festivals, you know, promoters, they want to sell their festival out and um, they want to put names on there that are going to help sell the festival out. But then also... Many festivals, you know, they want a reputation as a festival that have, you know, taken a punt on some new artists, you know. Yeah. Um, it depends on the vibe of the festival. There are there are specific festivals where people are going there specifically to discover new music and they don't care, you know. It, some festivals are not just selling off, like, huge headline names, you know. It just depends on the vibe of the festival. Um, how the money works for agents. Most agents take 10 or 15% commission um, off the fee just 
depending on what services they're providing. Yeah. Often with a 15% deal, you might be doing a bit more than just booking the shows, collecting the deposit and then settling afterwards. You know, you might be advancing the show, getting involved in travel, accommodation, itineraries. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people, especially starting out, don't really look at the music industry as a business. But ultimately it is. And it's sometimes a bit weird to put a price on yourself. How much How much am I as an artist, as a DJ? How, how much do I cost? What advice would you give to someone who's maybe struggling to put a fair price on themselves, especially if they're negotiating pay for, for a show? What, what would you say, like, look, this is how much um, this pay represents you? And uh, would you always recommend maybe sticking to their guns or, or, or should they try and lower that pay just to get on a bill? So um, sometimes you will find this attitude of just literally like asking for a wild fee and you're thinking, what is that based on? Like, you know, there are some components that you need to take into account. Like, what is the ticket price? What's the capacity of the venue? Is this a sponsored event? You know, Um there are a lot of different aspects feeding into the general, the overall costing of the event. So with live acts, you know, the costing is part of the offer. So it's a transparent thing. You know, we can see how much it costs to hire the venue. We can see how much the security costs, how much they're spending on towels. for the, Like everything goes into that costing, you know. So... If you're a live act, then ask to see the costing um, and you can then see, you know, and actually being able to understand a, a show costing is a brilliant thing to set yourself up with um, because, yeah, once you can understand that, it leaves less, you know, room for speculation. Like, uh, of course, there are other factors like, what's happening with the bar you know where's all the money going that's spent on the bar but in general um a really good place to start is with the show costing now that doesn't happen so much with club nights so if you're a dj and you're being offered a fee and you've got nothing to measure that against as to whether that's a fair fee or not you can still get an idea of it by understanding what is the capacity of the venue and what is the ticket price um, and asking whether or not the event is sold out could be helpful as well because sometimes, you know, they'll offer you a guarantee but then they might give you a split if the, if the, if the event is sold out and it's gone into profit. So, uh, and another way, you know, obviously there's another way of, talking to your peers and getting your head, you know, getting an understanding of what similar artists at a similar level are being paid. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I know a lot of artists don't like talking about costs, but I think it is, it is very good to have an open and honest conversation, especially when there is this conversation, I guess, around do artists make money? 
for live events? Is it is it now down to merch sales? Is it down to streaming sales? There's a there's a huge conversation, and I think it, it, the more we're open and honest about it, um, the the better the artist can get from this. Ultimately, you want every single one of your artists to have a great career, and you want them to start off knowing exactly what happens in the music industry, so they're not so surprised when they come to someone like you. Um, I know that Earth Agency said it, it reflects the independent artist. You have this kind of uh, boutique sensibility whilst delivering like to a quality standard. What would you say is important for an artist to look for before signing to a, to a booking agency? What, what should they be on the lookout for? Um, just making sure that you are really clear about what a booking agent is going to do for you and 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 by that by that also what you know what they're not going to do for you um be really clear and, and ask all the questions you know don't be so keen to just get a booking agent because you think oh i'm going to have a string of shows if i get this booking agent you know you're working together with the booking agent they don't work for you. You don't work for them. You know, it's a team. You're all working to, you know, grow the live profile of the artist and you need to do that together. So have loads of conversations, you know, be really clear, um, drill into what is going to be the strategy here. You know, what can I expect for, what's the target over the next 18 months? What can I expect to happen? You know, just have those conversations, be very clear, really get into the details. Yeah, I think I think it's uh, we, we, we hear horror stories in the music industry, but I think you just covered that perfectly. Find, finding out what they're not going to do for you is a is a big one there because um, we often hear, oh, I signed to this, I signed to that. And then so and so didn't happen. Um, so, yeah, if, if anyone takes one thing away from this this episode i i hope it's that i hope it's really figuring out what what the agency will do for you i mean you know booking agents are not magicians um what we can do is you know help if everything aligns <laughs> then we can help to deliver a strategy which is going to raise the live profile um but we can't do that if, if other things are not in place. So, you know, there's got to be music out there. They've got to be, there's got to be an online presence, a press presence. Um, you know, there's got to be, it, it, more often now, you know, artists need to be part of a scene, sort of like a group of artists who are supporting each other and collaborating as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and, you know, we work together with the management if there is one. We work together with the label if there is one, um, you know, so that we can galvanise all of our efforts um, in order to raise the profile of the artist. So so you're saying that you're not a magis magician? You don't know any know. contracts? Oh. Sadly. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Click of the fingers and it'll be all there. I want to know, um, i got got two more questions left for you, so I'll, uh, I'll throw this one first. I want to know what you feel excited about in the music industry at the moment. We had a bit of a dark time. I imagine a booking agent in 2020 um, was constantly stressed 
So um, well done for getting through that one. But what are you excited about at the moment? Give me something positive. Um, the things that I'm excited about are that while there was downtime in the live industry, there was some really amazing music being made. There are some fantastic new artists out there. Like, you know, before the pandemic, you know, we are bombarded by requests of new artists on a daily basis. Um, and I just have to say now the standard of music that we're being sent is phenomenal. Um, so that's really exciting. Um, the other things that are exciting are that, you know, I think the industry is starting to take more seriously the climate crisis and, um, you know, measures are being properly thought out now and engaged with in order to try and reduce the impact of touring on the on the climate. Um, there's a long, long, long way to go there, but at least, you know, at least now serious conversations are being had and people are just taking action where they can. So that's really exciting. And the other really exciting thing is that there are definitely now um, much more movement in terms of doing something about the whitewash that is the executive level of um, the music industry. Um, there are so many more initiatives now um, for young people of colour to become involved on the professional side of this industry. You know, there are loads and loads of pieces to the ecosystem of live music. There are so many roles um, and, you know, there are there's lots and lots of opportunity there and it's just really great to see a lot more um, companies being proactive about um, offering young people of colour more opportunity. You know what, hearing that from from you, um, knowing that you've, uh, you're at a, a higher level than my, myself, that makes me feel really good. So I, I, I want to say thank you to, to, to yourself for just highlighting that and thank you to anyone who's having that conversation, both on the... Uh, the thinking about equality and um and diversity and also if we're having a very serious conversation uh, about climate as well with, with that being said i want to roll out the red carpet for you naomi where can we find you online where can we find earth agency and also if anyone's listening right now and saying you know what i've, I've got this mixtape i'm ready to go i know i'm excited about my track like where where do they send music so um, you can check out our website, which is earthagency.com. We've got an Instagram too. And um, yeah, I mean, you can just, you can send music into our agency, you know, just hop onto the website and chuck us an email. We'll check it out. That's brilliant. And uh, my final question then, actually, first of all, I'm just going to thank you. Number one, it's one of the hottest days of the year. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. We're talking about climate. Uh, and number two, you've come on today after not feeling so well. Uh, your voice held up. So th thank you so much for, for doing that. Um, and now my final question for you is, what advice would you give to your younger self? Oh, dear. <laughs> don't do it. No. <laughs> um... Get over that imposter syndrome. Yeah, that, you know, 
you the advice is you know i one of the things now having done a lot of talks with younger people um you know and um we're talking about you know i've worked in creative industries which traditionally you know you've always needed to know someone or be related to someone to get into these industries and have funding because you know at entry level they don't pay you enough to live on you know, and I just think that if I manage to come down from the north, not knowing a soul and have the career that I've had, then anyone should take heart from that. You know, because all I had was a dogged determination to do it. That is all I had. I didn't have money. I didn't have connections. I just kept going till I got a chink in that door and got a foot in. And, you know, I didn't really expect to end up working in music and here I am nearly 20 years in um so you know just keep going and you know any opportunity to connect with someone that might be working in a job you know that it interests you just try and make contact with them you know we have people working at our company that sent me a cold message on LinkedIn or something you know, and now they have a job because they just reached out to me and we met and talked and that was all it took. So, um, yeah, don't be afraid to reach out to anyone and everyone. Talk to as many people as you can. You've been listening to Almost Famous, a music industry podcast powered by The Famous Company. If you're an independent artist or music industry professional, for more information, head to www.thefamouscompany.com.